Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anna Dimmel. I'm a blogger, author of two books. I ran a nonprofit and was also a pastor. You could say I've lived some life. I'm here now inviting you to go behind the mirror as we drop the masks and dig deep into real conversation. Welcome. Hey there, welcome back to the Behind the Mirror podcast. I am so excited that you are joining us today. Today is such an important episode. Today we're covering a topic that hits all of us. Every single person on the planet has dealt with this or is currently dealing with this, and it is the topic of emotional pain. Ugh, gosh, it just makes you all yucky inside thinking about it, doesn't it? But this is a real thing that we all deal with. And today I'm taking you into the moment where my emotional pain literally hit like a 10, like a freight train. And I walk you through that raw moment and cover all of the things that are so valuable to getting through to the other side. And, you know, unfortunately, I I was telling a friend the other day, I feel like I'm becoming a professional at grief. I really do. I unfortunately have dealt with a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. And I do know how to walk this and I know how to walk it well, which is why this episode is so valuable and so important. So today I'm taking you inside a raw, raw moment with me. And we cover how to handle heartbreak, how to handle grief, what to do when that emotional pain wave hits, how to process a broken relationship. It could be a friend, family member, or significant other. How do we forgive? How do we deal with the anger when we're angry at someone who has hurt us? How do we deal with that anger and keep our hearts from becoming bitter? And then of course, the most important part is pressing through and coming out stronger, more brave, more wise, more kind on the other side. So that is what we're covering today. And like I said, it is a raw moment with me. Um, I, I actually hesitated a little bit to publish this episode, but then I thought, you know what? This is real. This is real life. And I, when I started this podcast, that is what I wanted this to be, was a real conversation and boy howdy it gets real today really real but before we dive into that we have a five-star review by moha i hope i'm saying her name right or his name could be either gender says honest talk anna is frank and honest she speaks the truth warts and all a real honest dialogue about life oh i love that review so much thank you thank you moha for What an awesome review. I want that to be what this podcast is. And so thank you for sharing that with us. If you want your comment to be read on the show, go over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and you might be reviewed next week in our next episode. So do us a favor, go over to iTunes, rate us, leave a comment, and maybe you'll hear yourself on the next show. So again, ready to dive into this topic. So glad you're here. I love you. I love your story. Wherever you have pain, which all of us do, I promise you, 
this will give you tools. And I'm so excited you're here. Here we go. One of the things that makes church groups and Christian groups difficult is when you're going through something tough, um, it's like if you're not praising God through it and worshiping through it all the time, you're not a good enough Christian. Or if you're not pushing through and slapping a smile on and calling yourself filled with the joy of the Lord all the time, you're not holy enough or faithful enough. Um, we, we use phrases like, well, you just gotta, you just gotta choose to forgive and then put it in God's hands and let go. And some of you may know this. I wrote a book on forgiveness and I tell a very different message in that book, which is one of, you have to let yourself sit in the pain. You have to let yourself feel grief and no one wants to feel those things because they're uncomfortable. And, um, you know, in church groups and Christians, for the most part, they can sometimes be the worst at this because at the end of the day, they're human too. And they don't want to feel that stuff either. And most importantly, they certainly don't want to be a bad testimony. And if a Christian who's claiming they love Jesus is walking around sad or crying or angry, well, then, you know, they're not being a good witness or something strange like that. And I, if there's one thing I've learned in walking through pain, it's the importance of allowing yourself to feel it, allowing yourself to sit with it and get to know it before you can then say goodbye. And today I feel pain and I don't want to feel pain. None of us want to feel this. And you know, there are days when I'm like, God, I wish I like, you know, had a vice like drinking or drugs or something because then I'd at least have something to turn to. But you know, that's not my story. That's not where I go. And what I know to do, which is of course the healthier option probably is I sit and I feel it. God, and it sucks. And I don't ever want to give the impression, especially like if I talk on forgiveness, which I've done and preach on it, teach on it, write about it. I don't want anyone to ever think that it's, that it's a road that, that is traveled lightly because it's not. The truth is, is that life is hard and life sucks sometimes and it throws turns and curves that kick you in the gut and scoop out the things that were once in there and leave you with this empty, sinking cavern. Life does that. And when that happens, you just feel pain, unspeakable pain. And um, I heard someone, gosh, these things that people throw around and, you know, was all done in this kind of I'm holier type tone, saying something to the effect of, 
I've forgiven everything and I just, I don't feel any of that towards anyone who's hurt me. And you know, it's, it's gone. It's in the past. Well, this person just went through a huge amount of grief in like the last six months. And they're just saying that kind of thing. And I'm like, really? Can we be real? Like, can we be real? Can we look each other in the eye as two humans and just be honest Because if you're not feeling what has happened to you in real time, there's no way you've moved to the other side. All you've done is just gone to whatever vices to cope that you have and have ignored the pain and pushed it aside. A lot of people do that. I'm not trying to belittle them. I'm sorry if it sounds like I am. I'm I'm not trying to shame anyone if if they've done that. I just know the effects of doing it and they don't turn out good in the end because any unresolved hurt, any unresolved pain, it finds a way to escape. It just does. I've heard of people that end up having like physical ailments, um like skin rashes and stomach issues and um anxi- of course anxiety is a big sign of that. Um Lots of symptoms that happen because they avoid what hurts. They avoid sitting with what hurts. Okay, so I'm recording this to give you a glimpse at how I sit with pain, which is what I'm doing right now. And how I sit with pain is, um, here's a picture for you. You know when when you're at the, the ocean and like a wave crashes over you, right? And you kind of just have to let your body go limp and go with the wave until you pop up. Whew, that's what grief and pain feel like. And when you're grieving something that's been a loss or a heartbreak, that's how it hits. It's like you're fine one minute, which is how I was this morning. And then the next minute in the day, which is right now, this afternoon, this wave just crashes over you and it swallows you whole and pulls you under. And I've learned not to fight the wave. So when the wave comes, I let it take me as far under as it wants to take me. And I feel every ounce of sadness that comes with it. I allow myself to feel it. If it comes with a wave of anger, because anger is a sign of grief, anger is a healthy emotion when dealt with properly, I allow myself to feel that anger and I sit with it and I talk it out and I yell if I need to until there's nothing left in me to yell. That's when I know the wave has passed. And so in moments like this, I'm feeling the pain. I'm letting myself sit. I'm letting myself cry. I'm letting myself talk. I'm letting myself write for me. That's very therapeutic. Um, You have to do that until the waves stop. Because, you know, an hour from now, the wave might be gone. And I may go the next week, maybe two weeks, three weeks, and not feel it again. And then out of nowhere, something might trigger me. And whoosh, I'm under again. None of that is a sign that you're doing anything wrong. People grieve sometimes for months. Sometimes people grieve for years. How long you grieve is unique to you. And also how short you grieve is unique to you. All of us work differently. And I I know for relationships, which have a lot to do with 
with grief um, in my life is they usually have to do with how long you were in that relationship before it ended. Um, The longer that span is, probably the longer you're going to grieve. Um, The question always comes up, well, what about forgiveness? You know, what... What does forgiveness look like in this process, right? We all know it's important. Nobody really likes to do it. We all say we do it, but we kind of don't. Like, I I get it. Let me just say this. Forgiveness is not a permission slip for for your heart to be okay with what happened to you. That is not forgiveness. It has nothing to do with justice. Justice and forgiveness are two entirely different topics. Forgiveness has to do with you letting go of holding on to your your anger at that person. Now, we just said anger comes in grief, right? So anger is going to be a part of your grief cycle. Anger is a very present part of dealing with pain. But somewhere in that midst, when you're ready, and it's usually when you can start to tell that the anger is starting to turn bitter, right? Like when it starts to turn into this bitterness thing, it's a good sign that, okay, anger now is no longer, it's, we've crossed over from grief. Like when you get stuck in the grief cycle on anger, that means you're probably going to move into bitterness. So if the grief sticks or the anger sticks and sticks, it's a good sign that, okay, it's time for me to let go of being angry at them. I'm going to choose to let go of my attachment to them and to what they did to me. I'm letting that off of me. And I'm choosing to not be angry with that person anymore. I'm letting go. I'm letting them drift off into the universe to where powers bigger than me can handle them. Not because what they did was okay. Not because what they did was right but because I don't want them to still be affecting me anymore because I'm done letting them have that power over me. I'm letting them and their attachment to me go. I'm forgiving the act and them and letting it go. Forgiveness is is like washing them off of your skin. So you can't wash the effects off of you. That is what the grief cycle is about, is you're dealing with the effects of something that's happened to you. You can't wash that away. you got to sit with that and walk through that. But you can wash your tie to that person away. And forgiveness enables you to do that. Forgiveness is the best gift you can give to you. It has nothing to do with that other person, nor does it have anything to do with justice between you and that other person, nor does it have to do with a restoration or not restoration of relationship with that person. None of that has anything to do with forgiveness. Forgiveness is where you give your heart permission to let go of being attached to that event. Not everybody's ready to forgive at the same time. You know, I've, oh gosh, I've gone through situations that it took me upwards of like, six, seven years to finally be at the place where I was like admitting that my harboring on to what a certain person did to me was turning bitter and was not good for me 
and I had to walk through forgiving. And for me, the process of forgiving looked like, um, and I write about this in my book, it looked like me choosing every morning to wake up and pray for them. And it was not fluffy, guys. It was not like a prayer that said, you know, calling down favors and blessings from heaven and, you know, nothing super powerful. It was literally like, okay, God, I pray that they're not mean anymore. Amen. Like that was, a, I'm, for real, that was all it was for like a month. And then I softened and it turned more into, okay, I pray they have a good day. Amen. <laughs> that was it. And you know, over time, prayer softens a person. I have no idea if my prayers affected them at all. No idea. That's not the point. The point was I was positioning my heart to think in a different light towards them because that was letting me free from them. I didn't need to be tied to their meanness anymore. I didn't need to be tied to their betrayal to me anymore. I didn't need to be tied to all of the agonizing pain that I went through with them anymore. I didn't need that anymore. And so by praying for them, it was turning my heart into a heart of compassion. It was turning my heart into a heart of wanting what was best for them. And that freed me. When you want what's best for someone, you look at them with softness. You look at them with kindness. You look at them with eyes that are light. And so... That was how I started. That was what forgiveness looked like for me on that scenario. And like I said, I'd carried bitterness for years. And so it took some work. I won't deny that. It took work. But eventually, my heart felt free. When I said their name in the morning to pray, this like angry, tension, freakish feeling in my body didn't come back anymore. It, it was like breathing. It was like praying for anybody. I felt no tie emotionally anymore. And that was when I knew, oh, my heart has let go of this. Prayer did that for me. A lot of people have a lot of different steps and a lot of different methods and all I'm sure are great. You find what works for you. That was what worked for me. Um, And like I said, in my book, I talk about that and I tried really hard to learn from Jesus because Good grief did he forgive a ton. I mean, and this is one of the stories that brings me such comfort and fierceness to walk through pain is when I watch the way Jesus did it. Like, he did nothing but good. And I think anyone who's, okay, I'm telling you, this is a painful day for me. You're going to hear a lot of tears in this episode. Anyone who has loved someone deeply and tried your best to do nothing but good for them when it's returned with so much what you feel is undeserved, uncaring, betraying treatment, that kicks you so deeply. Like it kicks you in the gut so deeply. And that's what Jesus did. Like He gave himself freely on a daily basis to people, expecting nothing in return. I mean, he was speaking to them. He was teaching them. He was healing them. He was feeding them. He was spending time with their families. He was bringing dead loved ones back to life. I mean, he was giving of himself 
laying himself out there for these people who then do what? Completely turn their backs on him and betray him all for political reasons. I mean, it was just deplorable, but the very people who were cheering him on were the very people screaming, crucify him. If you've been hurt by somebody, you know exactly what that feels like. When you've been hurt by someone that you loved and you thought loved you back, one minute they're cheering you on, the next minute they are literally yelling, crucify them, right? We know that a tinge of what that feels like. And so you see Jesus live that experience. And what does he do? He allows them to do it. And this has always baffled me in scripture. You know, he preaches, turn the other cheek, but he literally lived, turn the other cheek because he was not. And, and we have to remember to side note, this is the pastor in me coming out. Jesus was the picture for us of God. Mankind had screwed up the image of God since the very beginning because we're human and we put our own spin on things and our own experiences into how we view God, right? We still do that today. I mean, just ask anybody how they view God and they will usually tie it back into, well, because my dad or well, because my family or well, because my church, right? Like we all pull from our experiences and that our experiences feed how we look at God. Okay. So mankind has always been doing that. We're nothing new. Like we are behaving exactly how people have behaved all the way through. Well, God in his beautiful, infinite wisdom and mercy sends us a human form, Jesus, a picture to say, hey, let me set the record straight. This is what I'm like. And did we see Jesus performing acts of like judgment and like cruelty and punishment? No. We saw him instead of punishing others. We saw him allowing those people to punish him. Like, literally, to death. He wasn't going around killing anybody, harming anybody. Instead, he willingly allowed them to kill and harm him. All the while, with this attitude that said, I love you. What the hell? Like, I I literally, like, I read this story sometimes and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is who we say we follow? How do we do this? (laughs) Like, wow. And um, the fact that they, that words are recorded of him in his dying breaths saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I mean, he's literally writing the script for us of how to handle our pain. Literally, this is how you handle pain. You live with a heart that is open and you give and you love and you give and you love and you show up and you do what you feel you are purposed on this planet to do. And then when this happens, because it will, the people who cheer you on, who then turn around and then yell crucify you, when that happens... You open your arms and you let it be. You don't repay anger for anger. You don't repay spite for spite. You don't repay 
nasty behavior with nasty, nastier behavior. You don't do that. You open your hands and you allow them to crucify you. And in those moments when it is the most painful and the most dark and the hardest, you remember to prioritize the very thing that no one can take away from you. And that is your soul. That is your heart. And there's a verse that says, above all else, guard your heart for out it, out of it flows the wellsprings of life. Or in other translations, um, it directs your life. The value that he placed on his soul in that moment was completely telling of the importance of being mankind, right? Remember, he came in human form, like he literally writing the script for us, like, hey, guys, I'm down here. I'm a human. This is what you have to do to survive down here in pain. And he's doing it on like a really large scale. But the principle remains true to us. And so... I see this picture of him literally allowing them to betray him, allowing them to to crucify him. And in those moments when he probably didn't have the strength to speak, I mean, the man was about to die, didn't have strength, but yet he found it so important to say those words, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That spurs me on. That is what gives me that fire in me to go, okay, he knew to let go before he died. He knew to let go. The value of that is is priceless. And so in, in the moments when we feel, or from like real time today for me, when I feel like I can't breathe because this hurts so bad and I don't want to forgive, <laughs> And I don't want to say I'm okay with what happened. But I also want what's coming for me on the other side of this, which is the resurrection, which is the rising up from this ash heap of pain. First comes death and then comes new life. I want that resurrection, but I have to sit in my pain first. And so I sit here in the pain and I choose to position my heart in a place that says, okay, I'm going to choose to forgive them. Not saying what they did was right, not saying I'm okay with it, not saying that I am not still going to grieve what they did, but I am letting go of my attachment to being angry and resentful at what they did to me. Father, forgive them because I'm choosing to believe that they had no idea what they were causing in me. Because that's true. You know, we like to say when we're hurting, we like to say that we believe that they knew what they were doing. Whoever hurt you, it's like they knew how much this would hurt me. They knew how much this would just rip me apart. They knew this would ruin me and they did it anyway. We like to say that stuff. But guys... Nobody knows your heart like you. Nobody. You can share your heart with the world if you want to, but that doesn't mean that anybody will understand it the way you do. 
I'm sharing my heart with you today, but that, and I'm like bleeding out my pain on this podcast with you today, but that doesn't mean that you still, even listening, you might even be empathizing with me. That does not mean that you know exactly how my heart has broken because you can't. You're not inside my heart and in my head. So as much as we like to give other people credit for knowing what they've done to us, I think Jesus was brilliant in verbalizing it the way he did because he, he showed us that they're people too. The people that hurt you, people that are hurting me, they really have no clue the effect that it did to you. So we're able to say, I forgive them knowing they had no idea that what they were doing was going to affect me like this. They couldn't have possibly known. The best part in that story is that we see he gives his life, he dies, and then he, ri- he rises. He rises brand new. Like brand new strong, brilliant, glorious, brand new. And I've lived some life. I've walked through some stuff. I don't know what your story is. I know you have stuff. And I don't mean to ever act or seem assuming that what I've gone through is like nearly half of what a lot of you guys have probably gone through. But I do know a thing or two about pain and feeling alone in it and feeling like I don't know that I'm going to make it through it. That is a conversation I know. And part of what I've learned is that there always is a rising. There always is. But there's also going to be that voice that tells you there isn't. And so when I'm saying all this to you, one of the things I pray and pray that you hear inside your soul is that whatever you're going through that feels like you're not going to make it or that feels like the pain's never going to go away, that whatever died inside of you can never be rebirthed, all of that is just complete and utter hogwash. I promise. Wherever there's death, there's always a new beginning. One where you're braver, one where you're stronger, one where you are more bold, one where you are more whole and healthy. That waits for you on the other side of whatever it is you feel that you're dying from. It's like right on the other side. And so, and you know, this is also a good thing to put in perspective that I've been kind of thinking on lately is when you're in the middle of what feels like trauma or a crisis or um, heartbreak, grief, all the things we've talked about, doesn't it feel like it's never ending? Like it feels like you're living decades, even though maybe it's been a couple months. Like it feels like I cannot go another step forward. I'm not going to make it. I cannot do this anymore, right? It feels like an eternity. Imagine if you're one of Jesus's disciples, right? One of his close friends, family, all the things, and you've watched this awful death. We think now that three days, well, three days later, he rises from the dead. It was so quick. 
But if we were living in that time in real time, those three days would have felt like an eternity. Those three days would have felt like the most excruciating, exhausting, anguishing times. I mean, one of his disciples kills himself in the midst of all of this. I mean, this is anguish. So it's a good reminder, a good perspective that we can look backwards now and say that three days, I mean, so fast, right? But for them in that period, in that moment, it felt like it was an eternity that was never going to end, a darkness that was never going to leave them. So whatever you're facing, and I'm saying this to myself, what I'm looking at, it feels like it's never going to end and that I'm never going to get over to the other side of this. But we have to put it in perspective. Your resurrection is coming. And I promise when you look backwards, it's going to be like a blip on your map. It's going to be like a bloop and then it was over. I was with my, I was sitting um, with my therapist a couple nights ago um, and we were talking through some of this stuff and I literally said to her, I was like, am I ever going to not be broken? I need to know that I cannot be broken because I feel like I'm not going to be okay. Like I feel like I'm going to be stuck, broken and never healed and always grieving and I'm never going to be okay. And she just sat back and she grinned at me and she said, you have no idea how close you are to your breakthrough. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I'm dying over here. I am dying. And she was like, the fact that you're even sitting with this pain, being honest about your pain, allowing yourself to go into the pain and sit with it. She's like, that's what's making this move faster than you think it is. And so my encouragement to you are the words that she said to me, which is when you allow yourself to sit with pain, when you allow yourself to feel it, you're speeding up this process. But the more that you push it aside and you ignore it, or you like run into coping mechanisms that avoid it, you are prolonging that rebirth. You're prolonging your resurrection story because we all are going to get one. I mean, my life is full of resurrection stories. I don't know about you, but like I can go backwards in time and tell you over and over again where, yep, my innocence died that day. Yep, my trust in people, it died this day. My hope in in a life where I can feel loved and honored and respected, oh, it died. It died way back there. Like I can tell you my timeline and tell you when those things inside of me died. Like they might as well have had their own funerals. Those are events in my life, but I can equally look backwards and tell you, oh, but this is where I learned to trust again. This is where hope was resurrected in me. This is where I learned that I can be loved. This is where I learned that I don't have to be alone my whole life. I mean, like I can look backwards and tell you my resurrection stories. We all have the timelines in our life like that. So this is a blip on your timeline. And And I'm believing it's a blip on mine. So wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I get it. It matters. You're seen, you're loved, and it's going to get better. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I 
hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.